If you or someone you know is struggling with mental health, please reach out. There are support groups out there. You are not in this fight alone. One of the peer support groups that I can think of um, is the brothers and sisters over at Next Rung. They provide peer support to first responders. Please call or text 833-698-7864. Or if you are having suicidal thoughts, again, please reach out and call 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number is 1-800-273-8255. Hi, this is John from the Truck Schmucks Podcast. And before we jump right into the episode, I would like to take this time to thank our sponsors. First being Chief Miller. Head over to ChiefMillerApparel.com and check out all the cool swag he's got over there on his website. Also, don't forget to follow him on all the social media pages. Next, Firehouse Cookie Company. They got a lot of tasty treats, everything from alcohol-infused treats to edible cookie dough. For schmuck, head over to firehousecookieco.com, type in truck schmucks to receive 25% off your order. Next, I would like to thank Direct Attack Apparel. Head over to directattackapparel.com, check out all their cool swag from t-shirts to patches. Type in schmucks10 to receive 10% off. Also, I would like to welcome Stash Salt Mustache Wax, which I am super excited for to say this, the official mustache wax of the Truck Schmucks podcast. But Mr. Stash Salt also has products for you ladies. Check out the Salty Jane line from Stash Salt. Type in Truck Schmucks to receive 25% off. I want to talk about Omnia Naturals now. Omnia Naturals is a 100% THC-free CBD oil for firefighters by firefighters. Head over to omnianaturals.com, check them out, and use the code SCHMUCKS on checkout to save yourself 20% off. And if you are looking for a really cool gift for the holidays, because we are coming into the holidays, or just anytime. Head over to storefrontier.com backslash truckschmucks to pick yourself up some truckschmucks gear. We have t-shirts, we have sweatshirts, and we also have facial coverings. Head over to storefrontier.com backslash truckschmucks. Hey, Schmucks Nation. Exciting news. 1440 Coffee Roasters is the official coffee of the Truck Schmucks podcast. This great family-owned and operated coffee company is, has decided to join us. It's great. We got some great things down the pipeline coming up. Head over to 1440 Coffee Roasters. Get yourself some great specialty small batch roasted coffee. And don't forget to use that promo code TRUCKSCHMUCKS. Save yourself a little money. So, everyone, uh, nothing from Travis. I think he's working, but we're back. We are, we have a guest he's at work. who, in my opinion, is an absolute badass. Um, introduce yourself. I, I don't know. Like, wait, I feel like you're way too far trumping me up. Badass is like, oh, my gosh, have you ever met me? My opinion. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I feel like Mighty Mouse because I'm, I'm certainly not a badass. I've just done a few things. Um, I'm Brooke uh, here in the Midwest. So I, I think I, I came about uh, Travis uh, when I was out in Maine speaking at New England Fools, kind of heard about me being on the East Coast. And I think we've set this up perhaps three times now and it's just never worked out. And so here we are. <laughs> so, so, that sounds right. My life. Sounds about right. <laughs> yes, this has been a... Oh, this has been frustrating on my I'm end. Happy. It is just because I'm so glad you're having me. I told I was telling Travis I'm really looking forward to this podcast because I think what you guys do 
is organic and it's more conversational and it feels less like a fight and like I have to put together a script and I'm like, you know what, I did, I did not prepare for this at all. So if I ever, st if I stumble or I start, you know, stuttering through, I just be like, whatever, just, just, just say your piece, lady. <laughs> now nah, that's what I love about it. It is, it is like what you said, more of a conversation and just be yourself. Oh, it's being I don't, recorded. I do not like that. I wish it was a way yeah, to shut that like off. That I don't like that. It's uh, meeting is being weird. <laughs> so we were just getting out of the introductions. Where did the love of the fire? Like, we have some questions, some dumb off the cuff questions, just so our audience and us can get to know you a little bit better. But where did okay. the love of the fire service come from for for you? All right. When my husband and I bought this small farm out in the middle of nowhere, the volunteer fire chief came to him and asked him to be on the fire department. And, um, never asked me, but I, <laughs> I was assertive. I was like, well, that sounds cool. I want to do that too. And keep in mind the median age of volunteers on that department was like 63, you know? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like very small town, they get like six calls a year and you know, we're, we're these new people in town. So I went to him and said, I wanted to do it too. Um, it didn't go over so well, but that's, that's a story for another day. Um, this is, <laughs> this is Girls this is my, can't yeah, be I mean, firemans. We're a little bit more behind the times in the Midwest, but that's the, you know, it's kind of one of those overcome and adapt things. So I ended up actually going to the, um, the little, the small town down the road fire department that was just happy to have bodies to train on training nights. And they were super welcoming. And that's kind of how I became more in love with the, the, the job and then got hired by my career department but the the love of the the love of the game so to say started you know I remember and I'm, I'm going to be kind of not graphic here but I'm going to be pretty just speak from the heart um, I remember going on my first training night where there was actually live fire all right and you know that's that is a pretty pivotal moment of when you're a firefighter is when you know either you're going to I remember being there standing there and being thinking to myself my entire life I have been taught to run away from situations like that you know get out get out right, right. <laughs> um yeah and now I'm going straight towards it I remember standing there at the door I remember being nervous as hell I was with two guys that I I was supposed to be I was going to be taking classes with um and we were going in with you know their their chief at the time um I out that was that was the there's Nick Lord. He talks about he compares um, selling illegal guns to having sex, and which which is more exciting. <laughs> and um, it's for me that was it. It was it was the greatest feeling in the world. And firefighting is greater than sex. Got it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it can be. Let's you can, be real. You can quote that. You can quote that. I mean, maybe I'm doing it wrong. I don't know. But <laughs> that first time, that was all I could think about. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the first time you right. have sex, you're like, I I want to do it again. The first time I fought fires, that's all I thought about. That I just want to do it again. So not better than sex, but similar. I mean, <laughs> I got I got similar. you. I can okay, get that. Yeah, is that no? You didn't get that. Okay. No, no, I totally can because I yeah. remember my first fire vividly, but the first time I ever had sex, uh, whatever, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah. this was like I just wanted to do it again. Like, I don't know, maybe I did it. Maybe you're not having sex correctly if you don't want to do it again. That, bad, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm not here to tell you your business. <laughs> but anyways, the first time I went in, it was all I can think about was doing it again, and. I knew from that moment forward, like I was just going to work hard to be able to do that as much as possible. Um, now, keep in mind at this time, Brooke is a hundred pounds heavier and no taller than she is right now, which I know your viewers can't see me, but I stand about five foot nothing. And you know, a 241 pound, five foot nothing woman doesn't instill a lot of confidence on the fire ground. So I knew I had to do a lot of um, personal and professional development if I wanted to get there. So I started losing weight and um, I happened to be at a conference somewhat local, but had attracted some big names and actually Aaron Heller, who I met there, sat and had lunch with me. And, you know, we were talking and I was telling him about how much I loved, you know, I, I loved doing this and I was working, you know, I was a volunteer at the time, but I was working full time um, for Cummins. And he, he looked at me and, you know, like he, he could tell that I had passion for this. And he's like, have you ever thought about doing this for a living? And I swear to God, so I'm 25 years old at this point. And 
at that point it had never crossed my mind because I live out in the middle of BFE and um, if, I assume you know what that acronym means. I don't need to explain that. No, no, no now tell us, tell our oh, viewers oh. <laughs> <laughs> or listeners. B- BFE is bumfuck Egypt. <laughs> all right i was i was telling i was telling your host that uh my my county doesn't even have a stoplight so i live out in the middle of nowhere and it's it's all volunteers so i never thought about doing this for a living um but as soon as he said that i swear to god it flipped a switch and i was like well now i am like i couldn't believe y'all are getting paid to do this um that sounds cool so i started looking at where and i was limited because you know we do have a residency requirement in at many fire departments in the state so I started looking at some of the places around me that I could apply to and still live where I do because like I say I think I live in paradise we have 25 acres we love it out here I have no desire to move off the farm Um, so I started looking around and I found a few places and I found one place that I particularly wanted more than anything so I started going down their rubric of what they require for hiring and you know it's it's the normal stuff you had to have EMT and you had to have fire one and two and but you also had to have a valid CPAT, you know, and around here, that is the big um, definer between our volunteers and our career people is that the, the career departments require the CPAT. So at that time, I started looking at what I was going to have to do. And now by that time I had lost, but by the time I, you know, went to this conference and started thinking about it, I lost, you know, a significant amount of weight that I was starting to be able to think about doing something like that. Um, And I went and you know, I took the CPAT for the first time and I failed it. And I took it for the second time and I failed it. And I remember my husband telling me, I mean, my husband has been there through, through all of this, you know, staying at home with a, with our daughter while I'm going to firefighter classes and me staying home while he's going to the firefighter classes. Um, you know, and he says to me, he's like, you know, if you're really going to do this, you're going to have to buy a gym membership. You're going to have to hire a trainer and you're going to, you know, have to commit the time to it to get stronger. Can I just say real quick, like that's teamwork. That is true teamwork. Like, hell yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. um, Sorry. (laughs) I, well, you know, I think, I think that it would have been impossible otherwise. And I, but also I I don't, I wouldn't want to discourage anyone that doesn't maybe have that kind of support. I think that that support is a luxury. Um, but you know, sometimes this is my, my caveat to that. Sometimes you can get people on board with what you're doing or not. Like just because someone's not on board with it doesn't mean that you can't go after it. So that's my, I, I was Sometimes fortunate. that's actually like more of the fuel to yes. the flame. Like, all right. Yeah. Like, watch me do this. Go exactly. Ahead. And I, I do think that that's, you know, <laughs> unfortunately that has been a lot of my um, driving forces. Like, okay, watch me. You, you think I can't mm. do this? All right, watch me. Um, which isn't necessarily a bad, bad thing either, but I was fortunate, but again, I don't want to deter anyone who doesn't have that kind of support because it is absolutely doable. Sometimes you just have to burn the ships. I have burned the ships mentality of, you know, when, when you conquer, when you conquer new lands, you need to burn the ships behind you because there's no turning back. Yeah. Um, so, but fortunately, you know, he was supportive of that. And so one of the, the gentlemen that I had went through my firefighter certifications with, he was, um, he was a police officer at the time in, in a town about 20 miles from here. And that's actually the closest gym. <laughs> and wow. so, yeah, so he's, I'm telling him about what I need to do to pass the CPAT and like that I'm going to have to hire a trainer and I'm probably going to get a gym membership to this gym. That is the city that he's a police officer for. He's like, well, you know, get, get a, get a membership here and you don't need to hire a trainer. I think if you wanted to come in in the mornings when I get off work, there's a night shift cop. So if you want to come in, I think we could probably get you past there. You know, we'll look at what you got to do and we'll, you know, figure out what, what, what you're going to need. And, you know, we can, we can build some strength. So I said, all right. And that's what I did. I went in every day at 5.00 AM to the gym before I would go to work and I would work out and I got stronger. And, you know, the first time I passed the CPAT after, after going to the gym, you know, for about six months, I, I passed the CPAT and then I had to, I, I was, the way our process works for the department that, I, that was my dream department is the process lasts two years, but the CPAT's only valid for a year. Right. So I had to actually take it again. 
And that time I crushed the C pad and, and that's, I, I, I beat it by, you know, a few minutes basically, mm. which, you know, it hadn't, the first time it kind of crushed me and the second time I crushed it, uh, yes. you know, like first time <laughs> or, you know, like I, so it was like a little bit of revenge on there. So, um, yeah, I, I, I got past it and got hired and now I'm doing it full time and that's where the love from it kind of came and. Now my passion is just like getting other people there that want to join, you know, like either have goals to pass their CPAT or just to, you know, become, become a better candidate. So kind of like this also like kind of changed, like you didn't seek it. It almost seeked you out. And then it like changed your life entirely. Like physically, mentally, it's like, it, it, to me, it seems like you transitioned into like a whole new brook out of this whole journey. It wasn't just about firefighting. Absolutely. And I think that's what happens with a mindset shift. You know, I think, Mm -hmm. I think everybody talks about like, or wants to think that their twenties is so great. Honestly, my twenties, I was a dumpster fire. Like I, (laughs) I, you know, I had, I had nothing figured out. I still have nothing figured out, but at least I don't, at least I acknowledge I don't have it figured out. When you're in your twenties, you think you have it figured out, you know? And now it's like, no, I don't freaking know what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm okay with that. And I think, yeah, and I, I think that there's a certain um, piece that comes with that honesty and, and the fact that, like, you also realize that nobody has it fucking figured out. And we're all just kind of, like, walking each other home at this point. And, you know, I think that's where, you know, the mindset shift comes is, like, being vulnerable and being like, okay, I can't do this, but I'm going to do this one way or another. And that's where... Um, if you follow on my social media, the concept of the 451F link came about was this carabiner link, 451 degrees inscribed on it. Um, if you DM me, I'll, I'll tell you how to get one. I'll send one to you. I'll send you one of my stickers. And I have people put them on fire gear. They put them on their sh- running shoes. They put them on their work clothes. Like it's not just a firefighter thing, but the concept of the 451F link is to not be the weakest link. And how do we do that? By being better than we were yesterday. So that whole mindset shift of I'm just going to be a little bit better than I was yesterday. That's, that's where it all started. And just, mm. I've built off of that. And I think that's a very powerful thing when you acknowledge, Hey, I don't have it all together, but I'm, I'm taking active steps to get there. And that one taking active, active, every day. Yes. Yes. It's not, not this big, messy, you know, like I'm going to do this this crazy thing is I'm just going to be better than I was yesterday by a little bit. And if I do that every day, that compound action is what built stronger, built me mentally stronger and how I passed the test and, you know, kept, kept going basically. I was going to say like, especially like, it's a fun thing to me that you had to take CPAC because it exp- it does expire every year. Yep. You have to renew it if, if you're still within your process. Yep. But I love that, you know, you're like, all right, I'm going to have to take it. And like, you passed. Right? Cool. Awesome. And then the next time you did it, like, absolutely crushed it. Now, you probably weren't training in order to pass the CPAT again, right? You were at this point, like continuing training to become just a better you and a better firefighter. And then you just happen to have to take it again. And you're like, wow. Like, you know, just looking back a year from now when I took it, how easy this has become, how much I progressed physically. It's insane. I know. Isn't it just kind of like that metamorphosis is is really crazy and that's awesome that you had a similar experience because like I said then after I passed no, I'm saying CPAT no, and I was I oh They're well like oh yours. yeah I thought I thought you said you had to do you had to take it no, again. no, no, no. I'm and saying that, like that was like your journey and it's, yes. it's cool because like you probably weren't thinking like like it, it's what I'm trying to say is like it's cool that you had a gauge in which you can compare two exact things you did a year apart same yes. exact thing and like how much easier it was Right. And you're like, wow, I really did progress. And I didn't, yes. I, I didn't really notice until I had this like kind of marker. Yes. And you know, that's something I talk about in my, the anti-motivational speech is talking about your inputs and defining your inputs 
and having a measurement system. So the concept of DMAC, define, measure, analyze, and continuously improve is something we can talk about later, but it's something I, I very much adhere to. And if we're not measuring our progress, we can't capture our progress, right? So if right. we don't know where we started, we don't know where we are a year from now. And I think that's so important. Yeah, totally. Now everybody knows why I wanted to wait for Steph to do this <laughs> <Right>. episode. <laughs> it's, it's easy to tell when Steph is going to vibe with someone. No, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, and I've been so fortunate to meet and I, I think Steph, you're probably exactly another one of them, which is awesome. And I just keep like, I keep collecting them like, like, like Game of Thrones. I don't know. Um, I keep meeting these like alpha firefighting females and it is so like, it invigorates my soul and no offense Ooh. guys. I love y'all, but like, there <laughs> is like, no, I'm sorry. Like you guys are great. That's fine. But we, we vibe with a di on a different frequency. And it's because it is entirely, it comes from being entirely vulnerable and being entirely outside of your comfort zone. And if you've never been the minority in anything, and this isn't like a pity party, this is just like, it is so cool to meet people like you, Steph, because like we vibe on a different frequency. Alpha women who are building up other women who want to see other uh, women succeed. Like, that's all I care about. Empower women, empower say, like, women. Alpha, not in the sense that like we're gonna we're coming for your heads alpha and no like i love exactly what you said like building each other up not yes being petty and pushing each other down like there's no room for that and i think we want to build each other up men and women but specifically having that understanding of like where these other women are coming from and like yes. that we're all like accomplishing it together in our own different ways we're like yes girl like Hell yes. yeah. Yes. <laughs> and I think, you know, like it does us a disservice because we are socialized to be the mean girl society. We're socialized to be in competition with each other. Women are, we are like, we're fighting for resources. Like we still have a lizard brain mentality with that. So we have the, the mean girl pettiness and like, I have no time for that. <laughs> and that's why it's so invigorating to again, be around like what you said, alpha females who are like, okay, I have no time. Like we're evolved beyond that. <laughs> Yeah, and we just don't have time for that. No, no, I, yeah, my brain shuts off when that's around me. I'm like, yes. all right, I'm just gonna leave. Bye. And I'll say, I'll say it again empowered women empower women. Like, there's not, there's not an in between. Like, there, if you're, mm -hmm. if you're tearing people down, you're trying, you are compensating for something. You are compensating for something. I don't know what it is, but let's figure it out. Right. Or, or you can figure it out and just leave me out of the drama. Yes. Yeah. Either way. <laughs> totally agree. Again. Right. But can you, one, can you, sorry, can you, what was the DMAC? Cause that, okay. that just like. So DMAC. That, that all right. Little, little bit of, little bit of background. I come from a corporate project management career. So when I left that is I when I went tell. in. Okay. So yeah. So I'm very systematic and I'm very analytical. Um, there should be a process to everything. I don't believe in luck. I don't believe in motivation. I think that's all bullshit. There is an actual discipline to it. And a lot of that is developed from, from a manufacturing process or a continuous improvement process called Six Sigma. You can look up Six Sigma if you're really interested in it. It can be kind of dry if it's not something you like. So I've boiled it down into what I call DMAC. And I, I do this speech and well I, I did this speech and um then COVID happened and nothing really has come of it since so if you know of anybody who who needs keynotes or opening speakers um I'm more than happy to come travel <laughs> but um I did I did this speech and it's it's called the anti-motivational speech and it talks about my process and process is called DMAC D-M-A-C it's an acronym and it's based off of the Six Sigma principle of D means define M means measure, A means analyze, and C means continuously improve. And this is a corporate principle that like Fortune 500 companies use, the Marines use it. Um, and the reason those things are successful or the reason those people are doing it is because it's successful and it works. I took it and adapted it to other stuff. In this case, I did it to the CPAT or really I did it to getting hired onto a career department. So I had to define what the project goal was, and that was to pass the CPAT or, you know, organically was to get hired. And then I had to measure 
those inputs and define those inputs. So, you know, for the CPAT, think about that. What, what kinds of things do you think stuff go into pat be, being successful with your CPAT? Like if I'm, if you and I are just brainstorming, we're having this organic conversation, what would you tell me would be an input into the CPAT? So much more than just exercise, diet, mindset, like changing your lifestyle because you're going to, if you're not passing it the way you are, other things have to change, not just physical fitness, but also just like looking up and, and figuring out how, how to do this functional type of fit, fitness. Absolutely. So I picked the couple of measurables out of that because that was the next thing. Cause we talked about like, Hey, it's important to measure your progress. So you, if, if you can, if you can measure it, you can control it. Right. So right. if I can, so here I am, I'm like, all right, so what are the two things that essentially are measurable in this CPAT process? And that's cardio and strength, right? We have these exercises that are really, I mean, we have the nutrition aspect. That's kind of its own, that, that input is another thing, the fueling that's, that's another thing, but really I have to have the cardio output to be able to, to do this. And I have to have the strength to be able to do it. Okay. So where do we go with, with, from there? Can I do the stair climber with the 70 pound vest? Can I bench press? Can I, can I do overhead presses because the ceiling breach and pull is in there? Can I do a dummy drag? You know, like all of those things are the inputs. Okay. Now we can measure them. And from there we can analyze how we're doing. And from there we can continuously improve on that metric until we've got it licked, which is exactly what I did. So I applied this corporate principle to this. I also applied it then to weight loss. I applied it to, um, I recently competed in a bodybuilding competition applied it there. I had the, the measurables there were going to be um, your stage presentation, which is like your posing. They were going to be your muscle definition. They were going to be your cut. So like cardio strength and nutrition were all inputs into that. Did the same thing. DMAC, DMAC the process. You can do that for literally anything. Literally say, anything. I love this. Do it like, and do it, apply it in one place. Then you apply it in a second place. And then once you do something like this repetitively, it becomes less of a checklist and more of a right. habit and a way of life. And it just, it's second nature. Absolutely. You could, you could do this too. Okay. I want to run a marathon. Awesome. You already have a measurable goal. Cool. You've got the D part of it down. All right. Let's measure where you're at today. So you're able to run a mile. All right. Tomorrow we're going to do, you're, you're able to do a mile in 12 minutes. All right. What do you want to do? You want to be faster? You want to go further? You know, those are, you can use this process and that's what my speech is mostly about. This has nothing to do with motivation. You, you set out with a goal and you set out with measurables every day. And it's, it's like you said, it kind of is a checklist at first, but then you're just like, well, I just want to beat my own time. It's less of a checklist and more of just a continuous improvement process, which is the C in DMAC. My, my, um, my husband's using it right now to, to run a marathon. That's why I'm like, I know that, <laughs> that it applies for that. And I know he'll be successful at it. Um, That's and awesome. like, you can do this for anything. If you want to be a, you know, you, you're like, okay, I want to be more involved in my community. Cool. But I need, I need a measurable there. I want, was that mean you want to spend, you know, 40 hours more a week doing, doing things for your community. That's cool. We got to look at, we got to look at what the measurable is so that we can define the inputs. What does that mean? Well, I, I can't add more hours to the day. So I got to have things fall off my plate so that I can invest that time into my community. I think that the defining part is actually something that could be overlooked or not kind of like um, honed in on. What I mean by that is like define something you want to do. I want to be a better firefighter. I want right. to be a better mom. I want to be a better paramedic. Okay. Measure like, that for me. What do you mean? Like break yes. that down more. Well, I want to be more knowledgeable about this subject. Okay. But no, define that even more. Right. Yeah. Not to make it this big aura of like, what are you going to achieve? It right. has to be like super specific. And then Absolutely. when you're super specific, you're less likely to get, um, kind of pulled away from it. If it becomes overwhelming at times, cause everything gets overwhelming at a time or another. So if it's super defined, it's more tangible. It's you're less likely to fail um, or to get discouraged rather, you know? Absolutely. And one of the things, so I started after being asked and asked and asked and kind of like putting people off, I finally created my own LLC and I'm doing consulting in that I'm writing programming and meal plans. And I do a 90 days till CPAT program too. But one of the things that many people will come to me when they are like seeking me out is I want to lose weight. 
well, that's great. How much weight do you want? Like, I need a number. You can't, that's vague. I want to lose some weight. I want to get in shape. Like, no, that's, I can't, I can't work with that. Give me specifics. I want to lose 20 pounds. Okay, cool. What's your timeline? You want to lose 20 pounds. Well, you got, you got two years or you got two months. What are you, what are you telling me here? So like being very specific and intentional in your goals sets you up for success. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's step one is defining. <laughs> right. And that's, that's a lot for just one part of this. Right. Awesome. So did that answer your question about DMAC? Yes. <laughs> I'm very passionate yes, I have about DMAC. Now. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm very passionate about DMAC because it's really what built me. And it's really like kind of the basis of the anti-motivational speech. People ask me, well, what's anti-motivational? That sounds, that sounds silly. Like, no, you're, you're a very motivating person. It's like, no, I'm absolutely not. I will tell you that motivation isn't what gets me up at 4am. Motivation isn't what gets me going to the gym and putting on the 70 pound vest and, and getting on the stair climber that might've got me started, but that's motivation is supplemental and you shouldn't rely on it because it's fucking fickle as hell. Anybody can be motivated to go do something, but the progress comes in the consistency of doing it. And that's what how we're quickly does that motivation die out? I'll tell you how quickly it dies out. It's because we are, we are, I don't, all of us are attention seeking individuals. And the second our the newness wears off, the second you post that workout picture and you don't get the, the likes, people lose, lose interest in the pro in the project. So you can't rely on that <laughs> motivation, well, yeah, outside, you know, outside forces oh, yeah. are, are a huge thing because like we mentioned in the beginning, they could either make or break or they could, you know, if it's negative, it could provide as a motivation, as a fuel, as a hold my beer, watch this type sure. of attitude, or it could bring you down. But you know, that's honestly, like I haven't been on Instagram in over a year close to a year, same with Facebook. And I feel amazing. Cause I realized that like, <laughs> I like, I'm like, I like what I do. And I like, like Brooke, I love seeing your stuff. I, I love seeing the motivation all posts, but I, it does pull away sometimes, even if you feel empowered and you feel strong, you're right. It does have like an effect. And so you have to be your own cheerleader and, and kind of like, if, if something doesn't um, provide support towards your goal, towards your DMAC, then you have to learn how to like eliminate that from, from, you know, your, your process. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that that's why the whole concept of like relying on discipline has served me better than ever thinking about relying on motivation. And that's why I, I'm very, I'm very direct in that it's an anti-motivational speech. This is, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm an anti-motivational speaker. (laughs) I would love to see you up on a stage one day and just be like, I hate motivation. <laughs> I, do, I do. Like I have this whole, like I have, oh man, I do this. The, the closing marks of my, um, of my speech are, have the, I have this acronym. It's not DMAC and you'd have to, you'd have to, I'm going to, I'm going to keep a few things under my hat. You have to listen to the speech, but in, in one of them, it is to the, the whole concept is that basically fuck motivation. That's how it, there's, there's an end when I wind down with, with my speech, it's this nice little mini speech in there that I kind of have hijacked and made my own over the years. And I scroll, I'll tell you where it came from. It's on my bedroom dresser mirror. I wrote it on there in Sharpie marker when I started this whole gym process, going to the gym early in the morning and getting up and doing it anyways. And it's this little speech. It's like a couple of paragraphs basically saying that this is, it's bullshit. You need to formulate some discipline. And I decided that if I had to look in the mirror, it would be a reflection of me. So that's why I wrote it on my mirror. And now it's in the anti-motivational speech. (laughs) I love it. I have, um, if, if anyone doesn't have like Brooke, you have your mirror with, with that quote on it. Um, I have my mood board above my computer. So every morning I wake up, I stretch, look outside, look at the sunrise and I read one of the many quotes that I have posted up on my board, looking at it now. And I just pick one. I don't get overwhelmed by all of them. I pick one and I read it and I let that motivate my day, like to start off a good day and Mm -hmm. and keep, I, I try to keep that in mind throughout the day 
And if at any point I feel like I'm not being accomplishing enough that day, or I didn't, I'm not working out as hard as I can, whatever the case is, I try to think, all right, well, how did you start your morning? And that's, right. yeah, the initial motivation was that awesome quote that I put on a board, but then it's the discipline throughout the day that is going to sustain you throughout. Absolutely. Where can we find this, um, the speech? So the anti-motivational speech is interesting. The very first time that I was asked to do it was at the New England Fools Conference in 2020. And it happened early March, right before COVID hit. And Ooh. I had a few, I had a few things on the books for after that, which obviously then dematerialized, right? right? So um, I have not since given it. And I would really like, I am more than willing to travel. I'm, I'm looking for conferences. I, I did apply it to um, FDIC for 2022. So I submitted a proposal for it um, to, to give the anti-motivational speech at FDIC. So fingers crossed on that. Um, but if you know, and your viewers know, and I know that you have our uh, listeners know um, of any calls for presenters, I'm more than happy to submit a proposal because it's something that I, I want out there and I'm more than happy to try go on the road with it. But as everything, things are still kind of like lukewarm with um, people getting together. Um, so I know that some conferences now are starting to be like, oh, I don't know if we're going to meet in person just yet. Um, right. I, if, if they're going on, I, I want to know about them and I, I want to apply. So awesome. And now how could how could people get in touch with you and what's um, like your social handles and all that? So on Instagram is where I do most of my communication and it is, you can find me at miss. So M I S S underscore fit F I T underscore hose dragger. Um, <laughs> miss yes. fit hose dragger. Cause I am a misfit. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, thought that. Yeah. yeah. See, like, like, this, it, it took a lot, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, here's this five foot, foot tall woman who wasn't born into the firefighting service, who had no clue until she was age 25 that she wanted to do it. I am totally a late bloomer and a misfit and I own it, but also the fitness aspect, it's got the nice fit handle in there and then the hose dragger thing. So, you know, a little, little creativity and marketing, I guess. Love I it. don't know. <laughs> and for so, slow ones out there like me who just what, got that. <laughs> Like, so maybe now everybody's like, oh, okay, I get it now. <laughs> the voice hey, just I made that. that <laughs> and so, as, as someone who actually has a 451 link on my gear, yes. and I have a sticker on my laptop, yes. um, as you were talking about it, I actually was just about to bring it up when you brought it up. I was like, well, that was organic. <laughs> like well good cross that off um yes yeah. i would be happy to send out 451f links if you are if you are if find yourself in need of one you know somebody who wants one the cool thing is is that i've actually had um it was actually a main firefighter academy that reached out to me and he um purchased links for all of his academy graduates um and i think uh -huh. that 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 has been the the vision for me is that if everyone if every single person in our fire service was trying to be a little bit better than yesterday and they had that link to propel them along to think about it, that tangible thing that they could put on their gear and look at it and say, hey, am I being the weakest link here or am I gonna be a stronger link tomorrow? If, our, if every single person coming out of an academy in our fire service was thinking about that, how do you think, how different would our fire service be? That mindset in, would in, be amazing. Yes, in five years, in 10 years, like we could entirely revolutionize it just so that we have people that, like you said, are vibing with each other and the, the brotherhood and sisterhood is alive and we're taking care of people. Um, so that has always been the vision. It's also um, my, my mission, my vision is that um, I did not grow up in privilege. I paid to send myself through college and then later in life had to then, you know, I'm diverting careers and now have to figure out going to school, going back to school. Um, my, my mission and vision is to establish a, to become solvent enough with my LLC to establish a scholarship fund for non-traditional first responders who want to further their education. Um, so 451F link, I, if you Venmo me or you PayPal me $5, I'm happy to send that out. 
And the, the whole mission and vision behind that is to one day be solvent enough that we have a, um, a scholarship fund available for non-traditional first responders. That's, Whether that's so badass. And I do hope in time that like this builds momentum and it's gonna like, it, I, I don't see this failing at all. No. I appreciate um, it. <laughs> so. anybody your support is like like i said this is a grassroots thing i don't i the only way it gets promoted is really on social media so if you have one you want to talk about the story you you want to reach out you want to get one all you have to do i'm i'm very responsive on social media reach out to me i'm happy to send them out i'm happy and you get i I, you have this the sticker and the story it comes with the, the story behind it and it kind of explains to people what it means um so it gives a little bit more meaning but yeah, that's just my, my long-term goals because I want to, when I'm gone, I want to be remembered for something that's bigger than me. And the fact that like I was non-traditional and came into the fire service and still had a lot of obstacles to overcome. Um, and it's not a linear, I know that it's not a linear route. I want that to be available for somebody else who has the same kind of passion. That's awesome. That's, that's wanting to be remembered, not necessarily just you and like look at all the great things I did but more so of a movement and and a mentality and a passion absolutely I know we're we're getting close on time um did we did we cover the 90-day CPAT program that you're 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 currently building I know you and I spoke yeah we 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 talked about it a bit um I have so I've started devising programming um surrounding getting people CPAT ready to take your CPAT test um, from basically couch to CPAT. Like, so whether you've been to going to the gym or you have a fitness background doesn't really matter. Um, it's not a, it's not a one size fits all. It's not a end all be all. It's not a guarantee. Um, and even the best programming, no matter how good it is, it doesn't work unless you do it. So that's always my disclaimer. It's also my disclaimer that I am not I don't tell people that I'm any kind of, I'm, I am no expert. This all came from experience. I collaborated with a, um, Aurora, Colorado training Lieutenant who is also a woman and sees people come through her training Academy and like basically asking her what other types of things do we need to put in here for getting people ready for the CPAT. And she kind of expanded it into, well, I would love to see it, you know, making a more candidate ready as far as coming into the academy too so we kind of expanded it that way so 90 days to CPAT what you get is you get all the program for 12 weeks, you get all of the meal plans for 12 weeks to help fuel your body and it's kind of designed by it's based off of you based off of you know where you're at right now um and you can reach out to me on my misfit hose dragger uh instagram handle if that's something you're interested in too awesome yeah, that, that's pretty badass. Yeah. Who is, um, so you're teaming up with, did you say a, a lieutenant or a chief from Aurora? Uh, yeah. Lut- so it's Valerie Solano. She's also oh. in the cod, in the cadre. Um, oh, it's, you it see fire nuggets. Oh yeah. So she does, she What's does, she does, the t- she does, she does the two and a half advancement. You know what? It's the exponential engine. So she thinks she's part of that one. Um, I met her. She's awesome. She's another um, alpha firefighter woman. And I've just, I've collaborated with her on it. And she was the one that was like suggesting to me like, oh, you know, get your ring light and, you know, film yourself doing these exercises. So I'm still working on that part of it. So it's just kind of, it's in its infancy, but it is ready to go. Um, I have a few people that are applying it right now um, and hopefully going to have successes out of that. Uh, It's been, it's been fun developing it because you know, it's essentially the workouts that I took and modified. And it's like, this is, this is a more linear process. This is, you know, we need to develop our upper body. We need to be able to get on the stair climber. We need to be able to get off the stair climber and still do work. And how do we design programming surrounding that? That's going to be supportive to a successful CPAT passing score. I think what's more important out of this whole thing is that like what you said, like you're not a, a personal trainer per se, like you didn't come from, all right, I, I got my certifications in this and this is what I teach. Like it came from having been, um, you know, in a, out of shape and not in like a firefighter 
kind of body and mindset and having went through all that. So that's coming straight from personal experience and the rawness of that. And that's it. Right. Sometimes I think that's 10 times better than having some personal trainer at a gym who is professional in their industry, but doesn't necessarily know how to apply it to firefighting, nor do they have that passion and that backstory that you're like, no, I've been in your situation before and look what I did for myself. Now we're going to get you out of that and do it for yourself and then the next person and so on and so forth. In, in my humble opinion, I think that's what makes it so applicable is that somebody put this together that has been there. This isn't, you know, like I don't have, I didn't, I don't have fancy letters behind my name saying that I'm certified to do this, but I've actually walked the walk. I've had to do this. I've been the person who was out of shape and didn't love myself and didn't, you know, wasn't respecting my own body. And here I am. I turned it around. You can do it too. We can do it together and we can be better tomorrow. Um, and we can keep doing that. (laughs) Uh, yeah. And that's, that's just basically it, you know, it comes from a very organic place that way. And that it's just literally being better than yesterday in the gym. (laughs) If you were able to do three minutes on the stair climber today, cool. Next tomorrow, we're going to do four. Right. That 1%. Yep. I have a quick question. I'm curious to know, um, of course, just like how we're saying like all this positive stuff. Yeah. But like, we're leaving out the negative stuff that comes with all this that a lot of people I feel like don't bring to light and I I could tell you like your personality type is like you get some negative feedback or some negative comments maybe online and then it doesn't it's kind of like all right well I'm not going to like feed into it I'm just going to keep it pushing and you know on to the next but um have have you been kind of met with any like backlash or or negative comments or people who try to put you down and and what you're doing? You know, I don't think that I've been met with a ton of negativity. If I do, maybe they're just saying it behind my back. And that's probably because of the size of my arms (laughs) (laughs) and the fact that I can rep 315 pounds in a deadlift repetitively. (laughs) So maybe they're just saying it behind my back. I don't know, which is fine. I don't have time to listen to that anyways. (laughs) Um, I guess I don't, you know, if I'm sure it does go on, I'm not so ignorant to think that, or so arrogant to think that everybody loves what I'm doing. And you know what, personally, I can fucking give a shit less. I'm going to keep doing it. Exactly. Um, I guess, and that's not, that's not like, Oh, you know, I just, I'm going to do, do whatever I want. I think all of us want to be well liked. I think, you know, we can sit there and be like, I don't care what people think, but you know, we're all attention seeking creatures we all want to be well liked that's just the human condition but I I think I've done okay enough for me that I could really give a shit less if somebody criticizes it because I know that the place that it's coming from is pure it's not like oh I want to you know like I somebody called me an instant uh, or uh, I'm sorry uh, an influencer the other day and I was just like I I don't I don't think that at all I I did not I certainly did not set off set out to do that well that's not my like day job but if yeah feel that I am influencing you then I just hope it's a good influence I just hope it's a good influence do you know what I mean like I don't I've never I think that what's wrong with the fitness industry is that we push um, products. So I try not to push products. I mean, if I, if I try something out and I like it, I'm, you might see it on my story, but I'm not, I, I don't, I don't represent, you know, anything that I'm like, Oh yeah, you got to do this and you got to buy this to get, to get here. Absolutely not. I do. Um, I am a representative for Axe and Sledge, which is a, it's a, it's a company that I use. I, I represent them because I use their stuff and I like it and I need to have powdered protein for my diet. So it's like, you know, like if you see that, like, I can't say that you won't see me being like, Hey, Axe and Sledge is great because I like it. It's all organic. It's farm fed. It's, um, grass fed, um, way that I use. So I like it cause it's pure. It doesn't have all the, um, additives, but, um, I don't, when I, when I heard that was probably like the one thing I was like, influencer like no I I hope that if what I am doing is a good influence but that's not what I set out to do and I hope that I can be a good influence on anybody any woman or man who is just like who's struggling who needs some hope who needs 
you know, I, I don't like motivation, but who needs maybe some inspiration? If you've been heavy, if you've been overweight, if you, if you've been bullied, I've been there and I can be compassionate in that because I have been, I've walked that, I've walked that mile. And like, I want, I want other people to know that you're not alone. You're not alone. And if people want to criticize and make fun of that, you know what? That says a lot more about them than it does about me. Exactly. Hell yeah. Kind of like fuck the haters kind of thing. Fuck them. Yeah. (laughs) I think this is like, you know, here's the the thing is people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. Right. It's not whether I was on social media or not on social media, people are going to criticize you no matter what you do. If you go and you, you, you buy a blue truck, they're going to tell you, you should have bought red. If you go and you, you eat a cheeseburger, they say, why aren't you vegan? If you eat vegan, they say, why aren't you, you know, what you're some sort of tree hugging hippie. Like, no, people are going to criticize regardless. Do your thing. That's, that's pretty much the uh, resistance that I met, you know, when I was, you know, and I, and I, and I know where you and Steph are sitting in a male dominated profession, because, you know, back in February, I was the only guy in an all female medical clinic. So I, I know what it's like to be, you know, the odd, the odd person out and, you know, and I always, you know, every November came around and hunt season and they're like, Oh, John's going to be talking about hunting, you know, man, you know, man stuff. And I always got that, like the anti hunter vibe from everybody. Like it helps me, you know, one feed my family. I mean, even though, you know, my wife doesn't like, you know, deer meat or moose meat or bear meat, you name it. I'm, <laughs> I'm going hunting. Um, I enjoy the spiritual stuff. I'm going to, I'm going to channel my inner Ted Nugent, this spiritual side of being out in the woods and having that connection with mother nature and, and knowing that the food that's going on my plate is organic. It's roamed. It doesn't have the shit that, you know, this store-bought stuff has, you yes. know, and it's free. It doesn't cost yeah, a right? dime. <laughs> That's, that's where I'm sitting. So I, I like the organic aspect of it. So <laughs> by the way, before we let you go, do you, does your husband do any hunting in that 25 acres? <laughs> okay. So I think it's, I think it's arrogant that you assume that my husband's the only hunter. Cause we both hunt. <laughs> nope. I, I was going to go there uh, because I know yeah. following your story. <laughs> Tell him bro. Tell him. We, we, we both walk out, you know, it's great. Yeah. Opening morning comes, we walk out our backyard down to our pasture and we sit and usually we have one we have one or two on the ground by sun you know like by 10 a.m we're coming in for lunch and deer down (laughs) yep so who's more competitive of getting the first deer down i feel like you Um, would be honestly i'm not i'm i kind of sit in the same boat that you do i'm not a competitive hunter at all um and neither is my husband really like we hunt literally for the fact and we process our own too so like, yeah. it's just cool when someone gets one, you know, yeah. and we take our daughter with us and she sits in the blind too. And it's kind of a family affair. Mm-hmm. My husband will always give me, my husband's like, oh my gosh, he's like weirdly, he's been, he's been shooting a gun probably since he could walk. And I have not, like, I, I started like late in life with that too. Um, he, he could shoot the eye out of a Raven at like a hundred thousand yards. I, I, he's just like super, super, we call him wood eye, super marksman. Um, so he always gotta love him. He always waits and offers me the first shot. Like he will not shoot the first one that comes in. Cause he gives me a chance. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm going to be full disclosure. You know, I'm not good at, at everything. And I'm certainly not I'd like this. Like I said, this doesn't come as second nature to me because I started so late in life. Um, I usually miss, <laughs> but my husband is so quick on the draw that as soon as I hear the safety of his gun click off, I know that we've got meat on the table. <laughs> So usually it doesn't get to get to go that far, but no, we're not actually not super, we're not competitive. It's just a lot of fun and kind of our, it's our fall time thing that I always try to, you know, that's when I try to schedule vacation for work. Um, Cause we kind of, like I say, it's nice to be able to go out on your own land and do that. Um, so we I do spend- have to say, I apologize for being arrogant. I was going to get there <laughs> and it just came out where it, it, it was, it was fucked. It was going great in my head. And then the words came out and I was like, oh, fuck me. And but no, I will tell you this. I went, um, I went to Texas wild boar hunting, and my husband stayed behind. Like he, he, I think that would be cool to be able to do something like that with him. 
but um the farm obviously it's not something that can sustain on its own so I went with my dad and like my cousin and um (laughs) I did I did get to go wild boar hunting I would like to do that again that was a lot of fun um and I think that'd be something that he and I would probably be competitive at just because it's a whole different type of hunting like whitetail hunting is like what we do here um it's just second nature in Wisconsin everybody looks forward like opening weekend is like a national holiday around here most most manufacturing plants will shut down because they can't get people in right (laughs) um so yeah I think though the wild boar hunting we'd probably be pretty competitive yeah and and that's actually on my to-do list um you know here in Maine we're we're really fortunate I don't know in Wisconsin I'm not really up to date on what game is out there but we have moose out here and okay, we don't we don't have that here. Oh, see, see you. White white tails is like white tail deer hunting is basically white tail deer hunting, squirrel hunting, um, people coyote hunt. That's about yep. the the extent here. Turkey, yep. you know, fowl. And for those people who are be like, wait, you can hunt squirrels? Yes, they are yeah. amazing. Oh my gosh, yes. Um, you can do buffalo style squirrel legs. Um, it's really good. Um. Cool. See, I, I knew I was going to get, I, I knew somebody was going to be like, Ugh. but yeah. Can of cream of mushroom soup. You, you quarter the squirrels up, you, you pan fry them to brown them first and they put them in the crock pot. Yeah. We've, we've had plenty of squirrel here. It's good. It's delicious. Yep. I, I actually I have eat squirrel Brooke. If I can come over for dinner one day. Oh my God. I so <laughs> hope that you will come stay at the farm. We would have so much. That would be great. And I'll <laughs> eat squirrel only if I could shoot it awesome <laughs> oh, perfect yes I love that there is there is something very satisfying to your point about actually going out and doing it yourself and like it feels very satisfactory so yeah, yeah. I would totally be behind that <laughs> it, it's 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 a really and again I don't know if anybody's ever heard Ted Nugent talk about when he goes hunting it is a very spiritual thing the, the oh yeah the silence of nature you get all you can hear is the squirrels you know, coming and you think it's like this yep. massive 20 point buck and it's like, nope, it's just yes. a two pound gray squirrel. You son of a bitch. Oh yeah. My husband talks about it. He calls it, um, his therapy is that he has to go see Dr. Woods. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes out and just sits and he's actually going on a, uh, one week survival trip up to the boundary waters at the end of next month. So like he's, he's very much into, into that kind of lifestyle so he's he's more into that like if I go on vacation like I'm staying in a five-star hotel and like I want to relax with my toes in the sand my husband's like I'm gonna portage a canoe three miles I'm like screw that you have fun <laughs> there's different types of vacation yeah there's like yes. I'm getting up at 5 a.m vacation and like owning life yeah or I'm sitting on a beach somewhere don't bother me unless you're giving me a drink yes yeah so <laughs> Hmm. absolutely which is which is why we drink this awesome barstool sport pedialyte so we can <laughs> go back and drink again <laughs> <laughs> um so we're now we're creeping into family time for brooke so yes gotta uh, go have family dinner yep so we're gonna we're gonna close it out here and brooke thank you so much for taking time out of your day to to come I and s- chat with us this was so much fun. I so appreciate you guys having me. I was really, I've been looking forward to this for a while. I appreciate it a lot. Yeah. I, Thank I, you so like, much for making time. Now that makes me feel really good because it was like, she would, me- she would DM us on Instagram and be like, so when we doing this podcast, I was like, ah, geez, I got it. And you know, <laughs> and I got to get everybody scheduled together. And so I'm, I'm, I was so excited to actually finally get this done. I, I have been. Me looking- too. I have been really looking forward to speaking with you for since I, you know, shot from the hip and been like, Hey, you, would you mind? Um, <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate I, I feel, I feel very grateful that you had me on. This was, this was a lot of fun. I, yeah. this was, this was very entertaining. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> and um, you are more than welcome to come on anytime. Um, I appreciate if there, it. If there is no speaking engagement, we will give you the platform. Oh, um, you're too kind. You're too kind. You know, even <laughs> I, I will even host if nobody wants to, you know, because, you know, because now there's a new form of COVID coming. Ooh, Ooh, Delta variant. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a load <laughs> of horse shit, um, <laughs> in my opinion. Absolutely. And if people start closing up, I will I will give you the platform to host 98 people to do it to get your you are your, too awesome 
you know, and I, I might take you up on that because of how crazy things are. And it's like, am I ever going to be able to go speak again somewhere? Right. <laughs> you know, well, you know, I, I'm willing to do that. And, and I, and again, I missed out on the first time. So I will, I would love to sit in on it. So, um, a little selfish of me, but that's okay. Um, but yeah, um, we'll, you know, if you, if you want to ever do that sometime in the future, you just, uh, uh, shoot us a message and uh, we'll make it happen. Awesome. Thank you so much for the opportunity. I appreciate that. Oh, you are very welcome, Brooke. Thank you. All right. You guys have a good night. Thank you. You too. Bye. Thanks. Nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you too, Steph.